Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean. Thanks for being part of our program. This uh, is a show where we come to you each week and talk about financial matters, help you make wise choices with your finances. Both myself and my co-host here, we're both financial advisors. And um, glad you are taking some time to be part of the program. And if you'd like to join us, have a question for us, I want to be part of the program. We'd love to answer your question. Uh, you can call us at 833-99-WORTH or send us a question at questions at moneymatters.com. And if you forget what I'm talking about, if you look at your phone where the podcast is, there will be a more information or whatever. There will be a place where you can click. There's like a little person or something there, a little indicator that you just... I think it's a hyperlink where it says questions at moneymatters.com, but I don't know. It's not a... Actually, I don't know. I'm assuming it's there. I have seen them on other podcasts. I don't listen to my own podcast. No, neither Um, do I. I'm too busy staring at myself in the mirror. (laughs) And of course, we, of course, you do that because you're such a handsome guy. <laughs> you listen to your own podcast while you're staring at yourself in the mirror. Anyway, um, hey, before we we take some calls, I thought it's a pretty interesting article I saw. Maybe it was a week or two ago. Uh, Amazon. So Amazon has been growing leaps and bounds for 25 years, right? Yes. In um, fact. And they continue to reinvent themselves into different areas. Someone was telling me that if they got hit by a bus, and I said, that is so um, antiquated. You are more likely to get hit by an Amazon van than any other vehicle. I would probably say that's – there's more, way more Amazon vans than buses, first <laughs> yes, of all. Yes, yes. And they're actually in your driveway, in your – And they sometimes seem a little distracted <laughs> as they're coming down the street. Yes. <laughs> seem to be kind of a hurry. A little bit of hurry. <laughs> how how they can deliver something in two hours from the time that I ordered is fine. Anyway, that's not the point of this of our comments here. Amazon stock is down quite a bit, like half from where it was. So it's taken a big taken a big tumble, and the the challenge that was their company is experiencing now is uh, I don't think it's actually down half. It's um, down more than thirty five percent in the last year. But for many people, their stock comp- their stock made up sometimes half of their compensation. For most employees, anywhere from 15 to 50% of their compensation was in, in stock awards. So, and this reminded me, um, we broadcast at a, at a Folsom, California, northern outside of Sacramento. Folsom, there's a big Intel campus. Uh, I don't know how many thousands of employees thousands. are there, but um, I don't think as many as it used to be. There used to be a lot more. But- Intel's not the same company today as it once was, but back in the go-go days, uh, I, we had client, a lot of clients who worked there. We had friends who worked there, and they talked about a total compensation package, which was a combination of your salary, your, your other benefits, and the stock grants that you would get. Back then, it was stock options. Today, it's mostly restricted stock units. Same co- sort of concept. And so that works fine when stock prices are going up. Matter of fact, employees like it. But Intel then went through a period where the stock declined and then zigzagged for yeah, it hit a year high back year. in two thousand years, and and so they they struggled with maintaining the same employees. A lot of the excitement left, and I think I I think it hurt the company's performance long term too. When the people aren't quite so excited about working there, they say, "Hey, I need more cash compensation." The stock's not doing anything. Well. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Amazon now because with the stock price being down, people are starting to complain, well, wait a minute, my, my pay's not as, as high as it once was. And, and, and some people save this, don't ever sell the stock, yeah. but a lot of people sell it as soon as they can and it supplements their lifestyle. Yes, because it's part of their compensation. Because it's part of their compensation, <laughs> as they've been told. Um, so I don't know. I think it'll be... It'll be interesting yeah. to watch. But- and, and speaking of, of Intel... Oh yes, they cut their dividend um, recently by two thirds, which is more than a little. 
Which We've talked about this before. Look, if you if you go out there and say, "Oh, I only want blue chip companies, but I want those that pay the highest dividends," I'm I'm going to be retiring and I'm building a dividend portfolio. Oftentimes, the companies with the highest dividends are the ones in the most trouble. And why is why why are the why is that, Scott? Well, because the dividend it's a relate is a per- percentage of your share price. So let's say a company is trading at hundred dollars a share. And their dividend is $1. That's a 1% dividend. Doesn't sound very attractive if you're looking to build in a dividend portfolio. But let's assume that that company is struggling and the stock tumbles from $100 to $20. The company's still paying the dollar dividend. They're even more worried about it now because they're afraid that if they reduce it, share price will fall even further. So now that dividend yield went from 1% to 5%. And if you're thinking, hmm, I like the sounds of a 5% dividend. Sounds better than 1% dividend. Well, there's no guarantee the dividend's going to continue. You, when you're, when you're looking at a company stock or even value versus growth, which value stocks have a tendency to be the dividend side of it and growth have a tendency not to. Um, the reality is you have to look at the underlying company, not the dividend. Because if the company, and I've seen many circumstances where the earnings of the companies were actually less than the dividends they were sending out, essentially the company was using their balance sheet to borrow money in order to pay a dividend in order to keep that stock price high. It's unusual, but it does happen. So this blind chasing the dividend is kind of crazy. It's just, it's, it's, it's a little nuts. And so they cut their dividend by 66%. Now let's talk a little bit about Intel. It was five, over about five and a half percent. So it sound, sounded attractive. Yep. And now it's down it five, to- It was 5.6%. But because the stock price fell, um, it was, that's why it got to 5.6%. And then they cut the dividend. Now it's 1.92%. Yes. So Intel stock- High of $67 a share back in January of 2000. High, the highest it was, was 23 years ago. March of 2020, the stock was trading at $55, and today it's at $25. It was 67 bucks in January of 2000. Three years ago, it was $67. Today, it's $25. 23 years ago, it was 67 January of 2000. It was at 67. March of 2020, it was at 55. Oh, my. This was the go-go stock. It was not paying uh, a 5.6% no. dividend over those years. No, 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 no. It just, it... it that wh- was, so this, Intel was the hot company for a period of time. Yeah, in the late 90s. Late 90s. 80s and 90s. So watch... Watch, um, watch chasing dividends. Yeah, and look, if you own whatever the hot company is today, no companies stay on top forever. None. Maybe if, if you're young and you can afford to withstand some losses, you still have time to make it up. That's maybe one thing. But if you are close to retirement, at retirement, and you are overweighted at any one particular company, you need to be. You need to. Make sure that your lifestyle is not going to be impacted if that thing takes a major hit. And if it's if it if it will, then you need to really ask yourself why in the world are you overweighted in this particular company? What affinity do you have to that particular company? The stock doesn't know you own it. We have many stories of people that were overweighted in one particular. Even look back to Enron. People talked about their four hundred one ks were wiped out. Your four hundred one k was only wiped out if you were in Enron stock. If you were in the S&P 500, it wasn't wiped out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no sympathy for those people. None? You have a little sympathy for them. What do you mean you have no sympathy? <laughs> you have some sympathy. I'm trying to think whether I have sympathy for them. If someone's on their deathbed of lung cancer and they've smoked all their lives, do you still have some sympathy for them? I do, and I did. 
Okay, well, there we go. All right, so you have sympathy for these people, too. Okay. Thank we you. all make poor choices in life. Okay. All right. It's just okay. different areas, right? All right. We don't want people to make poor choices in the financial areas. Thank you, Scott, for bringing me back to reality. All right. Let's um, hit some calls here. Let's go to Oregon. We're talking with Jimmy. Jimmy, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, guys. Hi, Jimmy. Um. So, okay, I got a question here for crying out loud. It probably follows right up with what you were saying about making good choices. Okay. Um, you know, I, I like to know when I can start withdrawing from my TSP, the 401 account that I have. Um, to be clear, I've, I've worked for the federal government for um, about 38, 39 years um, at a mid-level, more or less. Okay. Um, so that's, that's pretty much my retirement savings. Um, I, I have retired, um, 66 years old. I retired in 2020. Um, and, um, you know, I pretty much worked all my life for crying out loud. And, and, uh, I have what I think is a pretty good number. Um, and what's the, what's the, what's the account balance? Okay, yeah. If you, I, I could give you all my numbers. I have four hundred and forty-five thousand. Okay, and that's in the thrift savings plan. So for the rest of the listeners, that's the equivalent of a four hundred one k or um, a tax a TSA if you're a teacher, a four hundred three b or four hundred fifty seven. But it's for federal yeah. government employees, so it's called a thrift savings plan. So you have four hundred and forty-five thousand in the yeah, TSP. just about four four fifty. That's correct. Okay, and what else do you have? Um, I got twenty thousand in cash, and <laughs> I guess that's all I have. All right. And, and well, like, well, you've got I a pension. I have a pension. Yeah. You betcha. So, yeah. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm waiting for you guys to ask the questions. I don't want to be a jerk okay. here. Well, um, so you're asking when you can start taking out? Do you need income? Um. That's the big thing. Uh, I'm doing. I'm. I'm doing okay with with my pension and my social security. How much? How um, much? How much on an annual basis uh, does, does that? You bet. Price? So I'm making about forty four thousand between my pension and social security. Are you married? Uh, no, sir. And is your home? Uh, do you own your home? I own my home. It, I have. I have a balance on it. Um, at three percent of one hundred and fifty-five thousand. You have children? The, uh, no, sir. What's the value of the home? Five hundred and thirty thousand. Do you have any intention of moving in in the next ten years or anything? No, sir. So on the thrift savings plan, take income if you want. I mean, if you want to start taking, you know, I probably wouldn't go. I, I would recommend taking income. Yeah. I, what's the point? Okay, fellas. So I. I mean, I'm, you I'm don't. You no one's dependent upon you, right? Uh, no. You're not married. No. You've got no, no heirs to worry about leaving anything to. Obviously, well, we I, need to make sure that I your money. A, go ahead. I have a life insurance I'd leave to the my my nephews and stuff, and I want to leave a little bit there and there. But you will leave some. No one's yeah, spent, yeah. you're not going to run all your money. And <clears throat> you want to make sure that you've got enough money for your old age. And should some point in time, you need some care and those sort of things. So Wait, tell me about the life insurance. Is that uh, uh, employer sponsored life insurance? Or are you paying for that out of pocket? That's employee sponsored. Okay. So you're not paying for it. And you have, uh, does your pension have cost of living adjustments? I yes, believe so. Does. Yeah. Cause it's an older one. So you're guaranteed. So that's going to continue to keep pace with inflation. Yeah, uh, go ahead. You're my brother. I would say take five percent out of that. I wouldn't go that high. I would. Tell me why. Uh, his pension's going to continue to grow with social, with inflation, as will Social Security. He's got quite a bit of equity in his house. Even if we find ourselves fifteen years down the road, twenty years down the road, uh, and his IRA has not or his TSP has not grown. It'll still continue to grow, but not grown enough to make up for the inflation uh, difference. There's all that equity in his house. And he'll be 81 years of age. That's correct. In which case, most people, we had a call last week where the people were 79. He said, I've, I've, I don't, they don't spend much That's money right. anymore. That's right. I <laughs> right? Know. We're trying to give him more money. He didn't want any more money. 
So, yeah, yeah, okay. I was going to say 3%. Scott says 5% distribution. So 5% distribution would be uh, $22,500 a year. Uh, 3% distribution would be 13500 Sure. Yeah, 14 and 4% is 18 grand. Yep. Um, is that, will that jack me up with taxes? No, no, you'll be fine. No, because 44000 and so you'd be at $62,000 a year gross income. You've got uh, a standard deduction of a, roughly 14000 So now we're looking at really $48,000 of taxable income. And uh, for a single individual, um, you're, you're barely in the 22% tax bracket. Up to roughly $45,000, you are still in a 12% tax bracket. So, right. Yeah, so and would you spend the money? You know, what I would do is I would just have a, um, I'd most likely um, expand a little bit more in my life, uh, maybe some trips or something. There we go. Yeah, I think you should. Let's go. Have fun. Yeah, I'm healthy. I'm healthy as, I'm fit as a fiddle, thank God. Um, So, yeah, I'm able to do that kind of thing. You know why you save the money, right? Yes. To spend it. For the future. Yeah. Yeah. The future is here. I appreciate that. Right. Um, That's the story. The story is deep, and I didn't have anything to begin with. So that I'm I'm very serious about that. So I didn't have anything to begin with. I was never left anything. I've been a scrapper all my life. That's right. And now I now I have something, and I don't want to have to go back to a ways. Um, you know, I just didn't have, I, I'm just nervous. You know. I'm no, I under, understand, but but look. Y- this will, over the next 15 years, if you take a 5% distribution, we'd expect the account balance to be significant, assuming that it is allocated correctly, which should be mm-hmm. at least 60% um, equities. Um, you, you'll have a higher account balance 15 years from now than That's you right. did today, yeah. right? Yeah. And you'll be 81, in which case you're like, I don't want to, I'm just, I don't want to go anywhere. Or maybe you will. Maybe you'll be one of the rare 80-year-olds. I had a client- Some- of mine that quit skiing when he was 84, snow skiing when he was 84. He just yeah. said it was too hard on his knees. I'm like, holy smokes, I'm 60. What's going to happen to me? Because okay. <laughs> your knees already hurt skiing. Right? I know. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Do it. So, Do it. And you'll okay. get nervous. And the reason you'll get nervous is because that's why you have it. You show me someone that doesn't care about money, I'll show you someone that doesn't have any. So your reaction to this is absolutely normal. And set up a automatic withdrawal on a monthly basis that goes to your uh, and withhold um, fifteen percent in taxes on it. Yeah, to be safe, and a few percent for the organ tax. Yep, I'm doing that with the. Uh, I'm writing it down, so that's fine. You know, I I, I heard I heard what you said about the allocation. Um, I got super nervous here lately, or couple of years ago, but I, I feel I did the right thing. And, and I have, I have most of my money in cash right now. Yep. 20% in stocks and the 20% that's in stocks is in the S and P and the international. It needs to be at uh, least 50, 50, 50, 50. Okay. 50, 50. And, um, look, you, 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 you dodged a bullet. Um, that the was cha- reaction. The challenge is part of it. When you're, re- when you're working, you're like, oh, well, this is for my future and all that. And then when you're retired, two things. One is now, the future's now, right? So you've arrived at the future. But secondly, you have all this time to sit and think about it and fret about it or look online and what happened today and what my account balance is right now. And, oh, my gosh, yeah. I lost $18,000 just yesterday. Holy smokes. What's this? If it does this every day, I'm going to be broke in 28 days, right? I mean, your mind can do all kinds of crazy things. And you know it's irrational because you know markets go through cycles and they always come back higher. Intellectually, we know that. Yeah. Well, every portfolio psychologically is what that's what gets us. Every portfolio has three components: the investment, the tax component, and the investor component. And yeah, and so the the two we can manage for very well are the tax component and the investment component. What's very difficult to do is to manage for the investor, and you've got two things that feed into it, right? You've got an intellectual. And you've got an emotional component. And yeah. most people have a tendency at points in time to let one or the other uh, steer. So the, the follow-up on that, I appreciate that immensely. Um, I, 
I understand that from some of the reading I've done about the market's obviously coming back uh, very well. I think it happened here in 2008, like super crazy afterwards, right? Yes. Um, I don't have all that time left anymore. So I know, but you have, but, but that's not, that's the thinking you've got, you get, if you're fit as a fiddle, right? You've got 20 years. Yeah. According to life expectancy tables. Yeah. 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 Right. So you have plenty of time. Go ahead, spend it. Spend it and put the portfolio 50-50. Jimmy, when I started in the industry in July, I don't know how many times I've said this before, but when I started, and I remind myself, when I get nervous, I'm a human too. When I started in the business in in July of 1990, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was roughly 2,600. Today, it's 33,000 or somewhere in that range. Yep. Yep. Through all the bad, the dot com blow up, the financial crisis, the worst crisis since the depression. Republican presidents, Democratic presidents, Republican Congress. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> all those things. Oh my gosh! Look what happened on the election night. I better get out. Like anyway. Uh, wait. Hey. Appreciate the call. Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy. Appreciate the call, Jimmy. All right. Let's continue on uh, calls here. We're in California talking with Tim. Jimmy with Allworth's Money Matters. Good day, gentlemen. Thank you for everything you do. Such good information. Well, thanks, sir. Um, yeah, I just really appreciate all the stuff you put out there. Uh, I had talked, spoke with you in the past, and uh, we were talking about uh, some aspects of my portfolio, and you uh, educated me that I needed to have an umbrella policy on my home, um, which I have since done. Okay. Um, and my question to you is, should I have some kind of similar umbrella policy attached to my vehicles? It is. Okay, yeah, that's, so the, an umbrella policy will cover any gaps that you might have in your in coverage. Okay. And typically, okay, so before you get underwritten for an umbrella policy, you have to have certain limits on your auto coverage. So was the same- 250000 or whatever the limits are. Was, is the same insurance company on your umbrella as on your automobile? Okay, so it, 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 they did ask me that information, but my home insurance is under a different company than my auto insurance. But they did, when I did the umbrella policy under my home insurance, they did ask me the information that pertained to my auto policy. That's yes, right. so you probably had to attest to that. And if you if you end up having auto insurance that has a lesser liability limit, and you're in an accident and exceed that, the umbrella policy probably will exclude that gap. Whatever, yep. That gap. That gap. Got That's it. That's right. Got so, it. Yes. And, and the reason that the umbrella policies are so inexpensive relative to this coverage, I don't remember how much we told you. Did we tell you to get $2 million or a million or? Uh, a million. Okay. And the reason, you know, what was it a year? $400, $500? Uh, I, I think it's even a little less than that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's right around three hundred. Okay, and the reason behind that is, is that they the chances of a claim hitting them they think are practically zero. Just like a thirty year old healthy person buying life insurance, it's, term life insurance, it's <laughs> practically zero. But only if you keep those limits high on your auto, because they don't want to bring it back to the lowest limit. Got it. Right. Got so it. you're you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. Uh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I was just a little concerned about that, and and I know that they had asked that information, but I didn't. I wasn't putting two and two together that that, that actually did then cover for that that whole uh, anything that could happen in the auto as well. That's I was that's just correct. thinking about my home. You're perfect. Fantastic. Right, Appreciate the you. call. Thanks, Thanks for being a listener. Yeah. Um. And and for those families uh, that don't have an umbrella liability, especially if you have young children young children or teenage children or people on your auto policy that are um, driving, you want, depending upon your net worth, uh, a commensurate around, um, amount of... Yeah, and it's kind of a, a rule of thumb is do you want it equal to the amount of what your net worth is. Yes. Up to a point. Anyway, up to a but... point. Up to a point. And the reason behind that is... If you're in an accident above or your children or, God forbid, any any people that are driving your automobile above that, um, your limits, the, 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 the first thing that an attorney will do is do an asset search on you. See if you have anything. See if you have anything. You're, if you're broke, they're like, sorry, you don't, you don't have a case here because you can't get blood out of a turnip. 
Yes. But if they do an asset search and think, whoa, look at this. Guy's got all these assets here. He's got this house, got a rental house. Wow. Good job. We're going after him. Yes. And that's or when, her. Or her. Them. Or them. Them. They. They. We'll go after they. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> we're not, we're stopping right there at that one. Uh, we're, we're out, <laughs> that's Pat's laughing. We're out of time. It is a crazy world sometimes. Scott. Scott huh? This is the first half of the show. Okay. You have so much we're fun. Take, we're, we're taking a quick break. When we come back, we'll take some more calls. 833-99-WORTH. Well, are you tired of this already? No, or? I, I, I'm just confused. 833-99-WORTH. I was looking at a clock. I thought it was this. Anyway, we'll be back in just a couple moments. This is All Worth Money Matters. Can't get enough of All Worth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to All Worth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, and you were laughing at me. That I thought well, the show even, was even though Scott Hansen wants to leave, you were just confused. I get confused sometimes. And uh, I looked at a, a clock. We, we do have a clock. For, I mean, we are, although we have more podcast listeners today than we have terrestrial radio, we still do broadcast on a couple stations. And yes. so, uh, and we we're grateful for the listeners that join us there. Anyway, to join our program, love to take your call. I have you as a guest. Our contact number is 833-99-WORTH. You can call and we'll schedule time to have you on. You're listening via podcast and you're thinking, how do you call the show? You just call and we schedule a time that we are in the studio and take your call. You can also, if it's more convenient for you, just send us an email at questions at moneymatters.com. Questions at moneymatters.com, and we'll get some time set up. And it's easy. We're in uh, Illinois talking with Mike. Mike, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, Scott. Pat. Thanks for taking my call. Yes. Um, we really enjoy We started watching, listening to your podcast a while back and really enjoy uh, listening to you guys. Well, I appreciate it. Um, so my question is, is this. Um, uh, I'm 55. My wife's 57. Um, she... Uh, stopped working about a year and a half ago, and I was laid off about six or eight months after that. Um, I'd gone and, and you know run my own calculations and done all the, and I think we're okay. Um, I guess the, the question I want to ask is, uh, do we need to go back to work? Is is probably a, yeah. probably a question you get all the time <laughs> from everybody. Um, I'm sorry you're laid off too. It's not, it's not, it's never easy in life to get laid off, but it's sometimes even more challenging when you've got retirement a few years in, in, in focus and it, it is forces you earlier than you'd planned. And before we answer the question and dig into that, do you want to go back to work? So I, I, I'm not opposed to going back to work. Um, but I, you know, I'd like to have that freedom of not going back if I don't have to okay. and, and, or find a job that, you know, something that really interests me that, that I can yep. do that. But, you know, if I don't have to, I, I that, that's an option. I'd like and what, well. what were you earning on an annual basis, gross salary, total compensation, uh, before you were laid off? About 200. And what was your uh, wife earning before she quit? Uh, about Retired. the same. So 400. Okay. Yeah. righty. So uh, the numbers. Uh, your home. Um, we own the home. Um, no debt. It's about six hundred thousand. Okay. Four hundred one ks, IRAs. Have a four hundred one k between the two of us, about four and a half million. Have a Roth of thirty thousand, and then some savings in uh, like a brokerage account and checking account. About two twenty. Uh, any uh, investment properties? No. What are you living on now? Yeah, is there a pension or, or anything? So we've been no. I mean, we had more in the savings, and we've been using that. And how much are you using? So um, I was keeping track actually last year, and we our monthly. Um, expenses are around 11500 12000 a month. Um, and that's where we've been. So we've been using, we had enough cash to, to pay for that. Got it. So uh, 100 and, you said 12000 so $150,000 a year. 
So the gross yep. number uh, pre-tax would be about um, 200 and 4.5 million. Would be a what three and a half percent distribution? Four point four percent distribution. Are you plan on staying in the home the rest of your life? Um, right now we're planning on staying. If anything, maybe downsize. Uh, I don't see us going anything. You know, we're not we're not looking to to go up in, in anything. Um, and then Social Security's going to kick in in a handful of years. How old was your wife when she uh? When she quit working, fifty six. Okay, and how old were you? And how much money is in her four hundred one k? Two four, I believe. Okay, and how old were you? Were you when you quit working? So I was just um, just under fifty five. So you're asking because of the four hundred one k? Yeah, correct. So yeah, you so you understand the rule. If you're fifty five or older in the year in which you separate from service, there's no uh, IRS penalty or state penalty on distributions from four hundred one k's. Yeah. Okay. And I wouldn't want to, um, like, I wouldn't want to go through two thousand twenty three only living off your savings without taking any distributions from your four hundred one k, either just an outright distribution or a Roth conversion, just because. Otherwise, you're, you're going to have like zero in taxable income. So then you'd be losing out on an opportunity to have some income that's not taxed, some that's taxed at 10%, some that's taxed at 12%, some real low rates. Yeah, so you would get to the point that you could probably take most of the $200,000 off of the 401ks. I don't know, Scott, yeah. how much I would be comfortable digging into that $220,000 in savings. Well, you don't need two hundred and twenty. You don't need that much in savings. There's a number there between. But I would probably would probably convert some to. A, I would probably convert some to a Roth rather than just spend it. And draw down the savings. And draw down the savings. Yeah, at least to a, some level. As long as that money's in the four hundred one k and not in an IRA, it's completely liquid for the both of you. That's right. And so the answer to your question is: Can you retire? Um, as long as you're, you're, you know, over time, how is your 401k allocated? I mean, it's, it's at about a 4% distribution. You're right? fine. You sh- and you're not on social security yet. You will be on social security. You're fine. I think you're fine. You're fine. My only, the only thing that could derail it is, is you and making, making some bad calls when it comes to your investment and trying to t- do some, some poor, some poor timing choices. So, so what is, what, how is your 401ks? How are they allocated? So they're uh, currently about 65, 35, 65 stocks, 35. And have you been consistent in that allocation over the years? Um, more consistent in the last couple of years than in the, in the beginning. Okay. We were higher. Yeah, okay. 80, 20, 70, 30. Beautiful. All the right answers. All the right answers. And I think answers. you're fine. You're absolutely fine. And if you want to, do, if you want to go work at the nursery, whatever, <laughs> hardware store, whatever you want to do, I think that's fine. Yeah, you're absolutely fine. It, just this year, like starting tomorrow, you want to start taking money out of those 401ks to live on. Or Roth conversion. You run the numbers, figure out what amount that is, convert some to a Roth, and live off your savings. So the... Um, or combinations. Okay. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, well... <laughs> so we're, are we looking at like up to like 90000 I think, isn't that the for joint... Um, yeah, joint, but we've, in, before it goes from 12%, and I'm not sure how the Illinois tax works. It's about 90000 but you also have a standard deduction of roughly 28000 Yeah, so you could go to so 120, 120 Yeah, roughly. Okay. Uh, and so you want to do that. And by the way, so some of the 401ks allow you to set up monthly distributions. Some of them will only let you take one distribution a year, some two distributions a year. You might want to just chunk it out Put it in a high yield money market account and and live off that. Or yes, and maybe set it up so it's just a monthly. Well, you know what your expenses are. Yeah, but Scott, I don't. How much? I I would. It, what savings number would you be comfortable? Like you say, draw that down. If he starts doing lots of money uh, conversions to Roth, he's pushing himself up into a higher tax bracket, and he may not need to. 
Where no, we I'm can... not saying. I'm saying they keep the tax, the the gross tax, the same. Okay, but instead of spending those dollars, it'd be like taking. If he could take a hundred thousand from his savings and put it in a Roth IRA, you'd do that. I would do that. Yes, you would do that too. I would do that. Yes, you would. I know you would. <laughs> okay. So by, by by putting it into a Roth IRA, is there? Uh restrictions or anything on that? Because wasn't there like, you can't touch for five years or any of that? Or is that not? Yeah, but yes, yes, correct. But that, 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 that doesn't apply to people that have $4.5 million. Well, you're not going to spend those dollars. You're not going to spend it. The Roth is a long, 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 long time away, but you should start that distribution today. Start that distribution today. And quite frankly, um, based on where the social security trust fund is today um, i would take it at 60 i would take it at 62 both of you okay because because yeah. the calculator says it's about 20 yeah so you know so actually i, I wrote a, i let's wrote a talk about this i wrote a letter to the editor for at the wall street journal which did not get published unfortunately and because there was an opinion piece on maybe it wasn't an opinion piece maybe it was just a, on social security and why uh people should delay their their benefits which I think for the majority of Americans, yes, delay the benefits till age 70 because you, you haven't saved enough. You need the income. But for those that have saved really well, you, the article said, oh, the high income uh, people, they can benefit even more from it. And it, it never took into the consideration that there's a chance that benefits will be reduced for high income retirees. Which it will. Well, it might. Oh, come on. Really, Scott? Well, I'm just saying, if you're going to run a calculation, the calculation is you've got to use some assumption of that future payment. If it's a calculation based upon what's a net present value of a bond issued by Apple Corporation, you still think, man, what? there's some possibility that 28 years from now, they're not going to be able to, whatever. It's, there's a mathematical calculation that goes into that. The same sort of thing needs to happen when it comes to. So the calculator the just used raw numbers, Mike. It didn't say, oh, the Social Security Trust Fund is going bankrupt. <laughs> 2032, 2033, and, 2031. Oh, by the way, we're going to have to do a 30% cut across the board. So that 22% the, or something. So that the 83-year-old widow that's living on $900 a month, income goes down to 600 It didn't say that. that. It didn't Because we know that they're not going to cut the $900 a month pension to the 83-year-old widow. But what we do think is... It's what I believe. Mike's pretty well off. Look at him. He's got all these assets. He's living as a fat cat in his $600,000 house. Got millions of dollars in millions his retirement. Millions in the bank. It's about time he pays his fair it's share. It's your fair share. So that's why you take it at 62. How I'm, dare that someone with millions of dollars demand maximum Social Security benefit? So, Mike, the idea behind it is... Um, if you believe that you will be impacted by a change in how Social Security distributions are calculated, either based on net worth or income. We might be wrong. Uh, Scott, we okay. may be wrong. He's 55. <laughs> like, and you're, Let's say he lives to be. My rule of thumb, our rule of thumb, if you, if you need Social Security for your lifestyle and retirement, you defer as long as possible. However, conversely, if you've done a great job saving, you're quite well off, and you're not you're not going to be required on, to live on social. You don't need social security to, to for your standard of living, which you don't, based upon our calculation. Then take it as soon as you can. It's, it's assuming you're fully retired at sixty-two. If right. not, then I, I I have one other quick question. Sure. Yeah. There's, we have a few things coming up, like some home um, uh, maintenance things, like windows and stuff like that. Um, and we may need a new car, things like that. Can I take that out of the? Should I take it out of the cash or stuff I'm taking I'd, pulling out of the 401? Would, or should I not even do that and defer that? No, I would take it out of the cash. Yeah, I take it out of the cash, right? Which is but. We need to calculate your expenses, what it's really costing us, not just on a month-to-month basis, but we need to take into account we need to get a new roof every 25 years. We need to get a new car, but all even, those Scott, things. But even at 5%, right, we're just going to run to the Social Security gap. 
Even if he was taking 6% now. Social Security is going to provide quite a bit, even at 62. Yes. So at your income level. At your income level. So you would use that. So start that distribution from your 401ks right away. That should monthly. And any excess repairs around the house, cars, you take it out of savings. And then look, start, you know, how long have you been uh, without work? Um, about eight months. And how's it going emotionally? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Um, we've, it's going okay. Um, we're still like maybe just finishing kind of the vacation phase okay. of it, if you will. You know, we get up when we want, do what we want at the time. Um, but we're starting to look into, you know, what, what do we want to do? Um, what should we be doing? Um, you know, we got friends that 60, 62, 65, are, have retired and then they end up, you know, with medical issues. Yep, that they yep. it's always that balance, isn't it? And so that's kind of what's weighing on us as well. Um, I've had a chance to help take care of, uh, uh, you know, my father who has some medical issues, which was really great. Um, but uh, the two of us were trying to figure it out. Yeah, um, and, and so start that income. If a job pops up that you want, that you want, that it yep. fits into your schedule. And I have a belief that actually people don't really want to retire as much as they want control over their schedules. That That's my belief. Most people, and I do have a question for you. Your wife's was a plan to retirement. The mere fact that you were let go, did you ruin your wife's retirement by being at home with her all that time? <laughs> She's been dreaming. No, 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 no. <laughs> no? But no, it's it's worked out well. It's worked out well so far. You are financially, um, you are fine. Good. You are That's more than fine. My wife, you know, she's been a little nervous, especially when we see all red on the on the market. Yeah, uh, tell her not to look day, at it. So. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, but she didn't get nervous when you saw all the big black, though. And that's just the cost of the big black is the red now. Yeah, that's this true. is how the markets go. It's what they do. This is, and the only way you're going to get you the have big black. some nasty winter storms in Illinois, but that's just what happens. Yeah, and then and then you have about two weeks of nice weather in the spring, and about two weeks of nice weather in the fall. <laughs> and the summer's good. hotter than Hades. <laughs> then you're good to go. So I appreciate the call. Congrats yeah. on your great savings, by the way. Yeah, appreciate the Thanks, call, guys. Appreciate it. You know, Pat, we were talking about Social Security, and I read an article just the other day about someone was. This was an opinion piece making an argument that. Uh, they should lift the limits on how much tax someone pays into Social Security. I saw it's that roughly 150 grand somewhere in there now. Yeah, 160. Yeah. Lift, lift, raise it to to 400 thousand or so, or or no limit whatsoever. All wages should be paid in Social Security tax. The difference is there. There's a maximum benefit you get from Social Security. So the way it is now, everyone who contributes, you get a, a you get Social Security income in proportion to what you contribute. Actually, it's already skewed to lower-income people. So it's already skewed some to lower-income people. But let's assume for a moment that someone's making $300,000 a year. Their Social Security tax would, would essentially double if they increased. The, but their benefit would not change one iota. I understand. But, but you're, you're, you're pretending like it's a balance sheet. Um, item that the money is actually going into this fund. The Social Security <laughs> Trust Fund. Yes. Yeah, like you believe <laughs> Al Gore's putting in a lockbox. <laughs> okay, but but your your thinking is, is okay. It goes into this thing and then it comes back out to those people that actually that's no longer treated like that. I understand. It is a political football. It is a political. I personally think it would be very damaging to to what lift it so there's no cap any longer. Most of the high income people are going to play, they'll find tricks around that. I hate to say it. Of course. Yeah. Most change that compensation. I guess they, they did. They changed Medicare on that, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They moved it from a cap from 125 to unlimited on income. Yeah. And then people said. And then up, put the Obamacare tax in place, too. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, continue on with calls here. We're in New York talking with Harry. Harry, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, Scott and Pat. Thank you for hosting this very educational podcast and for taking my call. Oh, yeah. Our pleasure. What can we do to help? I have a follow-on question about what you said about the timing for taking Social Security benefits in retirement in the previous call. So I'm uh, 63 years old and retired in the 61. 
And most of my current income right now is tax shelter offset by past real estate investments, real and paper losses, such as depreciation. Okay. And therefore, it does not contribute to my taxable income. Okay. Now, this passive and tax shelter income is more than sufficient to cover my living expenses. And this situation is likely to persist for another five to 10 years. Okay. And therefore, I'm unlikely to need to rely on social security income anytime soon. But my question to you is, in your opinion, if legislative changes do occur to Social Security in the future, will they affect somebody like me? Okay, so this is a great question. This is an unbelievable question. Because, and by the way, this wasn't like staged that we had these questions back to back. But I had mentioned earlier a wealth Right. I, to the last call, well, in a previous call, all is essentially all his savings was in a tax deferred. Yes. And, and so account. the question is, so his income is going to be all taxable. Yes. So you're what is what is your income? Uh, the current income, if I just take the uh, real the, estate income, it's about $8,000 a month. Okay. But and I what is some additional, you know, dividends and stuff, which I don't take out as income. And what do you what on your on your tax return? What's the adjusted gross income amount or the taxable amount, if you can remember? Oh, in round numbers, it's probably around one hundred and ten k. Okay, and what's your net worth minus any liabilities? Uh, in round numbers, it's probably around six six million. And obviously, this this. Um, this income, right? You're, you're using appreciation. It's going to come home to roost at some point in time, maybe, right. maybe right. unless you hold some assets to death. Right. How much money do you have in IRAs? Uh, in round numbers, it's probably around two point two million. Oh, so and, quite a bit there. Yeah. And are you married? No. And no kids. <clears throat> so let's just let's assume that this. Over the next 12 years, when your required minimum distributions kick in, your retirement accounts are going to double in value. So that would be a 6% annual growth. Right. What, what did he say is an IRA? 2.2 million. So let's 4.5 million now when you're 70 and a half, and your required minimum distributions at that point are roughly 150,000 a year, somewhere in there? Well, I'm planning to convert all of it to Roth. Are you doing so now? I've already done some, and there's only a small amount left, probably around uh, maybe 700K. Oh, so most of that is in Roth IRA. So most right. of that income that you're showing up in taxable income is a conversion from IRA to Roth IRA? Uh, no, I'm not taking any income right now from my IRA. When you convert from an IRA to a Roth IRA, that's a taxable event. Yeah, I paid the tax already. Yeah, when did you when did you convert? What years? Like last year, the year before, the year before that? In the past, in the past three years or so. And your but your tax blend comes only one hundred and ten thousand. Oh no! I mean, when I do convert, it's much higher. That's God, that was okay. the question. Okay, uh, all right. So we're just trying to get some figure we're, out. Your yeah, own. yeah. So the question that you I guess asked is: Should you start Social Security now or what wait? do you think? Uh, my guess is that uh, they, if the government makes changes, they will probably take into account that the fact that the depreciation is going to come to roost, uh-huh. and therefore some of the uh, tax sheltered income will be protected. I mean, if you look at the situation, right, in, a, in, in another 10 years, if the uh, depreciation comes, comes home to roost, I may want to take, I want to, may want to have a higher Social Security income than what I can get right now, right? You understand? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I don't know if I agree. Well, so I, you're I'm making the bet. I'm not going to need money to pay, to, uh, to pay for the recapture. Yeah, we understand that. But but but, the, but how that affects your social security is something completely different. Yeah, we have no idea. Look, yeah, I understand. Right now, here's how it is set up right now. Evans benefits are are st- staying the same. If you're a higher income retiree receiving Social Security, 
Uh, 85% of those benefits are considered taxable, so you have to return some of it back in the form of taxation. And the Social Security Trust Fund is going to go broke sometime between 2031 and 2034. There's different estimates that come out. If nothing is done. And if nothing is done at that point, there's going to be a cross-the-board reduction. I think it's 22%, last I read. It's it's statutory. That's, That's what we've got in store coming for us. So... It is our belief that Congress will make some changes so that there's not an across-the-board 22% reduction. What changes they make, we don't know. So all we can do is speculate, surmise, guess, and part of our planning on the guesswork is, first of all, if you wait till 70, there's all those years you forego foregone that income. Number one. Number two, you also need to make it past a normal life expectancy for it to make sense for you to to defer. But you throw in the fact that there's $6 million million net worth today at 63. There's a good chance that in 10 years from now, your net worth is 8 million, 10 million. Odds are it's going to continue to go up. And you're going to be able to control some of your income for only so long. So I'd take it today. I would, but if you would not, I mean, it's your I call. Would, yeah, I would take it today. Based upon all the known facts of what you shared with us and what is happening with the trust fund and the environment of taxation, look, no one's going to have any sympathy for you, Harry. No one. I will. I don't think, I mean, it's not going to be. Well, he did save, worked hard, and paid more taxes because of it. Yes, but I don't. I mean, I don't like the way you're, the progressive tax structure is okay, already. But you're you're a, you're in a minority. Let's just gonna go with that. Correct. You may not be in a minority with no. the people. Uh, you that think, listen to you this think Elizabeth Warren will feel sorry for him? No. So, a multi-millionaire. So, Harry, if I were you, I'd take it today. Yeah. So hey, that's uh, our opinion. But it's but our that's opinion. That's what he called for. And we won't know until we see the future. And if I were him, I'd take it right now. I'd be on their website this minute. Most people should wait. Most people. Most people don't have $6 million saved every time. So anyway, it's been great having you with us. Uh, certainly appreciate you joining us for this week's uh, program. And um, we've got some great tools and resources at our website if you haven't been there in a while. Allworthfinancial.com. We'll see you next week. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.